Hi everyone, my name is M. Hollister Graves from the United Kingdom, and I would like to welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of the show is for adults 18 and over. And now, here's your host, Zhaozhen. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas, baby, yeah, keeping it real. Look, folks, um, we're going to take a look at heartbreak. Now, there's a lady that's sharing a story about her life, and it's not to condemn her, but it's to learn from her experience. So we're going to take a look at this, and then I'll be back with my comments later on. July 4th, 2020 is the day of my ultimate betrayal. Y'all ready? He flew to Atlanta. He saw the luxury condo. He saw the weight loss, the transformation. I had my hair done, my makeup done. I was looking completely different. So we had breakfast and, you know, we talking about our relationship. We talking about getting back together, you know, him moving to Atlanta and we just, you know, all that. So this is where it gets embarrassing right here and I and I need y'all to really not judge me okay so he wanted us to get a luxury car okay this is why when they start speaking French talking about we gonna do this with your resources you need to run but me I loved him I, I just believed that he changed and he was genuine so he was like uh yeah let's go to this car dealership um when we leave this breakfast spot because so we can look at this this nice car we get to the dealership and we see our dream car it was a porsche panorama beautiful car i end up paying for this car okay the bill of sale was in both of our names but i put the title only in his name okay this is where it gets embarrassing moment he drove off from the dealership he had an excuse that he had to go be with his kids okay he had seven kids now when we wasn't together in a relationship he didn't care too much about them kids seeing them be with them but all of a sudden now that you got this luxury car you want to go spend fourth of july with your kids okay so that was another red flag but me i didn't fight against them i didn't argue i didn't want to be problematic so i said okay that's fine he gets back to his hometown you know, he's consistent, he's communicating, we're talking on the phone, everything's going good. He's so one day I was laying in bed and something said, type his name in on the search bar on social media. When I did that, it was a girl in my Porsche talking about, look what her man bought her. It was all in the picture. They were smiling like they was a happy couple with the card that I paid for with my own money. I inbox her I'm freaking out because I'm like girl that's my car I sent her screenshots pictures of him laying on my couch in Atlanta I sent her pictures of us in the car together like look we just bought the car we took a selfie together like I sent her everything baby she was not trying to hear that this is my man and he got me this car and I don't care what you sent me if you want the car so bad come get it but she was riding for him and what did I do I end up going down there 
trying to get the car it turned into a fight the police was called he said i was stalking him i was just this crazy ex i was a liar and all this stuff but then when i showed the police the bill of sale that we both because the title was in his name but the bill of sale was in both of our names and i showed them the transactions then they knew like okay so this ain't no just no crazy woman like you really did steal her car you really did you know i showed them pictures of us sitting in the car together like i was really trying to paint the picture to the police officer and that's why i, in, I did not end up going to jail because police said that this is a civil matter they cannot make him give me my keys back and they were powerless the only job a police officer is supposed to do is to stop an active crime right and they're saying you're on his property you're you know you're being vicious you're fighting so we're not going to arrest you for doing this we're just telling you to leave the premises so the police was actually trying to be nice to me just leave we know he wrong but this is a civil matter just leave but remember the title was in his name so legally the police officer looking at it as okay i know you paid for it but you put the title in his name so he technically didn't steal the car this is a civil matter so now i'm heartbroken and I'm publicly embarrassed because this man just interrupted my healing process. I wasn't even thinking about him when I moved to Atlanta, okay? And not only did I have to come to the realization that he never loved me, he already was in a relationship, but he robbed me. So now my money funny again, okay? Now my bank account is worse off than it was if I would have just never responded to him when he reached out. This is the part that kind of shook my faith a little bit. So before he had came to Atlanta, I was looking all on his social media. There was no trace of a female. I'm talking about not in his comment sections. Like I couldn't see her nowhere near. But the moment I got robbed, right? The moment all this unfolded, they all on social media bragging how their relationship goes was so broken. I would sleep in my closet on the floor in total darkness. I never knew a pain like that before. I, like that level of betrayal. It just, it's just something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And um, I didn't want to be here anymore. And I lost my confidence. And I remember I had got COVID so much bad began to happen to me the residue almost and I, I remember when I caught COVID because I couldn't taste or smell and I said Lord just take me right here there's nothing to live for anymore the narcissist came to finish me off and that's why you don't let them back in your life you go no contact and you never look back because he wanted to humble me and break my spirit. This is why you're not supposed to feel special when your ex try to spin the block because he may be coming back to try to humble you and hurt you. I was ambitious, I was different, I was beautiful, and he wanted to show me that I was nothing. That's what he wanted me to believe. And for a moment, I began to believe that and I didn't want to be here anymore. Y'all ready to hear how God showed up and showed out? One year later, after that entire situation, I was a documented millionaire. Paid $700,000 for my house cash. I don't owe nobody nothing. Y'all see this Rolls Royce I drive? I paid for it cash. I don't have no car note.
Oh yeah, you stole a Porsche from me, but God gave me a Rolls Royce. <laughs> you know what? His girlfriend, she ended up contacting me and telling me that he abuses her, he cheats on her, and he stalks my social media and preys on my downfall. I never check for him. I never look for him. Listen, I know people get excited about me being a millionaire and about the possessions and the certain lifestyle that I have now. But y'all know what the biggest flex is for me is that God truly healed me. God, man, I was so lost and broken and hurt. Like God healed me. He set me free. And to me, that's the biggest blessing than him restoring my finances and giving me the wealth. I'm thankful for it. God in heaven knows. I, God, I thank you. Thank you for giving me back everything the enemy tried to take from me. But God, the fact that you healed me, that's some money came by. Ooh, that's some money came. When you heal for real, when he set you free for real, you get your beauty back. Uh-oh, I felt something right there. Hold on. You get your joy back. You get your confidence back. Let me know if y'all want a part two of this story because it gets deeper and deeper. All right. But I just wanted to encourage every woman. Don't look back. When the moment you realize that you're with a narcissist, you need to leave. They will never change. I'm telling you. Because they don't see themselves as the problem. Like narcissists see themselves as the victim. They will never see how toxic they are. And that's why they won't change because they won't self-reflect. And one thing I love about me, every year I always evaluate. Like, Anissa, you could have did this better. You could have moved differently in this area. You know, you could, I love how I always correct myself and I have accountability partners around me. Like, I'm always, that's why I always grow. You know, because I never get to a place and be like, oh yeah, y'all the problem. I'm, I'm good. But narcissists feel like they're perfect and everybody else is the problem. Okay, just like my ex, he felt like his seven baby mamas was the problem. He don't see that he was toxic and he created these broken homes. You see what I'm saying? He see that because his license was suspended, it's his baby mama's fault. But he don't see how, because he don't take care of his kids, why he can't prosper in life. He don't see that. Okay, so I love y'all. Yeah, let me know in the comments if y'all want a part two. Now, there's something that doesn't quite sit well with me about this. Several things. Now, the one thing that I will tell you, ladies, whenever someone ever tells you don't judge them, also don't trust them. That's the first thing I will tell you. Never. Now, if you look at this, Everything fell on him, if you notice. His fault and God, right? God is the Redeemer, that whole thing, right? She's in a Rolls Royce. She had to mention that, that's for sure. She's got $700,000. She's a millionaire, okay. That's what got her ass in trouble in the first place, if you really think about it. Because let's look at a few things here. First thing she mentioned was luxury condo. 
weight loss. She could afford a luxury car, but the only kind of man she could get was a man with seven kids. Look, if you look at the wealthiest women in the world, I think the wealthiest woman still the lady out of France. And she's not bad looking. I guarantee you, none of those women, none of them on that top 10 Forbes list would accept a man with seven kids. No matter what the conditions were. Now, here's the thing I would say. Weight loss. Here we go to the luxury car. His idea for the luxury car, right? Then it became our idea afterwards. This guy knew exactly who he was dealing with. Now, we would always like to have these stories where it is good versus evil, right? Um, as I said, the biggest detriment, if we're going to play that game, would be her and her mindset. She had low self-esteem when she first started dealing with this guy. And he knew this. And what he was looking for was a confident woman, which was the mistress that he was with, the woman that the other woman he was with. She had more confidence than that one. But see, here's the thing. He was going to go higher than this other woman that he was with this lady that was in his hometown. Because what he, he's got the game down. He knows what he's dealing with. This guy preys off of weak women. Now here's the thing, women with low self-esteem. She believed he could change. And what he did, he played into that. See, he knew when she relocated, she was already hurt and wounded. You notice she said a lot about healing, right? She hadn't healed. What are the three fundamental things I tell you when you end a relationship? You know what they are. First to go is the intimacy. Second thing to go is proximity location. Third thing to go is communication altogether. Now, has she not communicated with this man after the relationship was over? She wouldn't have been experiencing this, correct? Because apparently the relationship was started on something superficial where she was more into him than he would ever be into her. And I'm willing to bet you, more than likely, she probably had a self-esteem issue because she was overweight. And he could have seven kids. It didn't matter. Because as long as he was handsome, that was enough for her to feel better about herself through him vicariously. Now, and I'm just speculating here from what she revealed. This is not a criticism personally, ma'am. This is just an observation. Now, here's the thing. Believe in how can you believe in changing someone else when they don't believe it in themselves that's where it first starts her transformation she was doing her hair, doing her nails what was happening before, they weren't done you did all this in order to attract them back but it seems like that's all it was just a full circular firing squad she moved to Atlanta from where they were before. 
the other thing she said she loved him but the problem was she put a D on loved but she still loves him now here's the thing when a person is done with you they will avoid communication with you and usually they will either break it off where you don't know where they are or they have an emissary that will interrupt your communication with that person now let's go on she thought the change was genuine in him what does this mean she has a poor vetting process when it comes to men And what she's going to wind up with if she's not careful is a whole bunch of men that's going to use her for money and continue to do it over and over again. Despite the Rolls Royce and the $700,000 and the million dollars or whatever she has. Now, you know, it's kind of funny. Because I think about Monica in this situation. A woman who had her own private jet, a yacht, several homes, throughout the world and more money than I could ever spend in a lifetime and one thing she never did and I found this with most wealthy people they don't talk about religion and she was Catholic and the other thing that I noticed she never bragged about what something costs. She didn't care. She didn't even ask what the price was. She just bought it. Had him to deliver whatever it was. Now, I'm not making a comparison, a contrast, because I don't know this lady, and I'm not indicting her in any way. But what I am saying is that some of the characteristics that you ladies need to look out for are some of the ones she's talking about now. And I thank her for sharing this because there are a lot of things here that a lot of women don't quite look at. And let me tell you something, ladies. Material shit is not going to replace your low self-esteem. Your optics, all of the aesthetics is not going to make you a better person. It makes you a better looking person. That's it. You got to do the work on yourself. Until you've done the work on yourselves, all the rest of this other shit is irrelevant because you can lose it overnight. Because see, that weakness that he honed in on with her was a prime example of the way these people will come in at you. Oh, fellas, women do this like you wouldn't believe on guys. And you got to look at not only the red flags but the caution signs too now let's look at it why was she even at the dealership with him and he had already hurt her before because she thought she was good enough to be with him again she had worked on herself all of that work she did was for him it went for her Even though she said it, it wasn't for her. It was for him. And the reason why it was for him was because she appreciated the fact that he came back. 
if it was for her, oh, fuck him. I'm fine now. I can go out and get me another man, do whatever I need to do. The other thing here. Keep an eye on. Our dream car. It became our dream car when he chose it. She did that to be closer to him. What would most women have done? <laughs> That's your dream. And it is a car. But it damn sure ain't our dream car. It is a dream of yours to get. Well, you know what? You're going to work your ass and get it. And see, that was a problem that I had with Monica. I had to be careful about the things I liked. Before I knew it, she had pulled out that damn black American Express card and shit. It was mine. And that's what I made a point never to want anything. Wasn't her job to pay my bills or to pay things that I wanted. I never looked at it that way. Now, bill of sale, of course. That was cool. What she should have done on the title, of course, is had her name on the title as the primary. I would have had my name on the title, period. His name would have been on it. First of all, that would have been my car. That motherfucker wouldn't have been driving. Period. He would mm-mm. Go to Porsche dealership, buy that car for me. Now, ladies, as you know, I want you to think about this, ladies. Seven kids, a dude with seven kids. Think about how much money and child support is going out every month to somebody else if he's paying it. Hell, who knows? He probably sold that car and paid his child support, the back child support he owed. You never know. Now, it's good, and I'm happy that she finally, you know, got her footing. Let's see, that prosperity ministry and all that shit. I'm sorry. You can keep religion. You can keep Christianity. I respect those of you who participate in the practice. Keep doing it. I have no problem with it at all. I just don't believe a lot of shit in there. Let me give you a case in point right quick. In Genesis. How could it be that people were created and then Adam and Eve came along and then Cain and Abel, and Cain and Abel are one of, I think they had wives. Now, if Adam and Eve was supposed to be the only two, how and when the fuck did all the rest of these people come in? There's a lot of inconsistencies because it wasn't written by one person. It was written by different people throughout different periods of time overall. Everybody put their own spin on it. But I'm not here to argue philosophically about the Bible. Believe as you choose. I have no problem with that. I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to tell you anything as far as that. You have your own beliefs, you believe it. For me, it's just nothing more than a piece of Palestinian literature. And that's what it will be. No shade to the people of Palestine or anywhere, but that's the region it was found in. What's the scripts in the text? Okay. Um, he left with the car. She 
was still accepting communications from him. That was the biggest problem. And if you look here, social media was a big part of this. Something just told her to wake up one night and just happen to scroll through social media and uh, like you wouldn't do that in the initial stages anyway. You know, there was a lady that uh, contacted me about two years ago. And the guy she was going out with posted everything they did. He was just taking selfies all day long. And he messed around and took a picture of her while she was asleep above the, on the covers wearing only a thong and a bra. And he posted it. Their mutual friends was the, were the people that contacted her and let her know, hey, uh, he's posting something that you probably don't want posted. He took it down after her request. But he doesn't realize. You have to watch it, fellas. You know, you could be charged with revenge porn. You better watch yourself. Especially in the state of New York. Because you look at all these celebrities now, all of these moguls that are going down or got civil suits against them. People ain't bullshitting. People talking now. You've been seeing what's been going on on social media about some of these celebrities. Oh, yeah. Their asses are cooking. They're in hot water. They're in hot water. One thing I used to do whenever I had females on my team, I did it with all the employees I would have working with me on projects. If they came into my office, the door always stayed open. If I had a female that was in there for disciplinary reasons, for whatever, I would always have a female from HR in the office with us at that time. So that she can't say I did anything or anything. I stayed my ass behind my desk. She stayed in front of the desk in her chair. Cover your ass. I'm telling you. Get accused of something before you know it. Shit, you and a whole bunch of... Mm-mm. Not worth it. Now, she kept in communications with them. And here's the other thing that I'd like to examine with you on this. She actually became friends, or I would say associates, with the woman, the very woman that was talking shit to her. What does it tell you? That tells you that she's doing a post-mortem. She's now finding out the things that he told her, the other lady. And don't be surprised she still tries to go for him again. he knows what buttons to push with her. Let's see. That's the difference between myself and a guy like him. 
my exes like being around me and I like being around them because we're friends. We had respect for each other going in. We had respect for each other coming out. By establishing that framework early in the relationship when you first start, it makes it much easier so if there is a breakup, you don't always have the adversarial situation going on. Now, the only thing he has to do is just call her in a crisis or something, like he's going to jail or something like that. She's still bailing him out. Still bailing him out. She's still fragile. Still hadn't healed yet. But how could she? But she can't blame her not healing on him. It's her. But that's that part of nurturing that some of you ladies have that you let people exploit. And when they exploit it, they go all the way. So, she paid for the car. The other lady called him her man. The very lady she's talking to now that's purging about everything that's going on. He's beating her and all this other stuff. Now, old girl went over and got in a fight with this other woman. Really, ladies? Ladies, if you get to a point that you got to fight another woman because of a man, over a man, you have fucked up in major ways. Your self-esteem is down. You don't have nuts. They're down to your ankles. Now, here's the thing. He could have probably classified that vehicle as a gift from her. She could have sued him in civil court. I don't know if she did or not, but she could have. The police saw the pain in her, and that's the reason why they didn't charge her. They saw that she was already hurt and had been done up. Plus, most police officers don't like dealing with domestics if they can help it. Unless they really have to. So she had a lot on her plate. Now, you notice she said that she was robbed. No, she wasn't. She wasn't robbed at all. She gave him the automobile. She's trying to put herself in a victim's column when she's not. That's the reason why she gets used over and over by men. If you walk around as a professional victim, as a female, there are predators out there that are waiting for you. They can smell you a mile away. They can smell you as far as a polar bear can smell me. Because the thing they look for is low self-esteem, a lack of self-confidence. And men will sometimes pit a woman with confidence against a woman who lacks it. He knew that was going to hurt her putting those pictures on social media of the woman in the car driving the car and everything. He knew that. more than likely they probably discussed it before it even happened that hey you know let me just go down that line and just go and see if I can get, get what I can from this woman and she's like okay baby you know it's like the gentleman's agreement where the guy is a multi-millionaire wants to pay the guy a million dollars to sleep with his wife 
what it comes down to it comes down to a person that they see they can size up and the easier I tell you, the more sensitive you are, the easier it is to manipulate you. And he realized that. And that's what he went for. Now, I'm not going to drag this lady because she, she did what she thought was best at the time. She didn't have to share a story with anyone. So I commend her for that. At least owning what happened. But here's the thing that I would also say. Ladies, if you want to avoid falling into a trap like that the one thing I would strongly advise you to do as a man I would strongly I'm turning on the fan here I hope it doesn't really mess up the audio too much let me cut it off as a man let me let me just tell you something that will help you immensely if somebody has hurt you emotionally physically sexually, or any other kind of L-Y, Lee. Please tell you, the first thing you should tell yourself, I don't have to take this shit. You don't. There's no circumstance that require you to take it. You weren't born with that situation, were you? So why should you have to take it? Now, the other thing you gotta do is to not let him get too comfortable disrespecting you. And see, this is what people like to do. When they get comfortable disrespecting you, that's a whole different ball game. He was comfortable going into that dealership, taking it to that dealership and telling her what car he wanted. My woman had money and I wouldn't do that shit. She could buy me anything I want. I, I, I'm going to use those. Mm-mm. Because here's the thing. When you get to a point of using people, you're going to fall hard. And, you know, you have people talking about, oh, karma, karma. Look, I have known more motherfuckers, excuse my French, that have gotten away with dirt that never suffered one ounce of karma while they were living. And we don't know what goes on in the afterlife because some of you go, hey, they, they, they got to get them away you don't know that. We don't know that. We haven't died yet. How do we know? It's because we would like those things to happen. We wish it upon somebody. And many people have got away with some deviant shit and never paid the price for it. Now, the one thing I would say to you ladies. If you encounter a man that, I mean, he's really making your knees weak and you know damn well he already hurt you and burned you the first time and you're thinking about going back again. If you listen to that podcast that I uh, talked about, Sex with Exes, you will learn if it was not an amicable breakup where you both respected each other upon leaving each other. You do not need to be back together. You're not going to find self-esteem 
and confidence in another person. And if you got to that point, you've given up on yourself first. You should be your biggest cheerleader. You don't have to be narcissistic. And I noticed you use that term as far as narcissistic here. No. You don't quite get it. If he was really a narcissist, well, he would have done much worse than what he did with her. Oh, far worse. Well, we know one thing. He's not an alpha male with seven kids. Nope. An alpha? Shit, he ain't gonna split his paycheck with nobody. Kids, woman, dog, cat, nobody. Because his value on the scale of social things is far more important than anything else. Because he knows he can get any of his underlings to get him anything he wants and they'll pay for it. They'll do it. Those women that are trying to get with them, he can make all the demands he wants. Monetary demands. Sexual demands. Whatever he wants. And they'll do it. Because he knows the people that he could do that with and the ones he can't. And the ones he can do it with is that woman that will go and do any fucking thing for him. He could tell her to go rob a bank and she'll do it. He'll tell her to quit her job and she'll do it. He'll tell her to empty her bank account and she will do it. It's not because he's special. It's because in her head, he's far better than she is, as she thinks and believes. I got to get his affirmation, his approval. And that's what this lady was doing with this guy. Building herself up so that she could be recognized by him. But see, the initial intentions more than likely was to make him jealous. Look what you missed out on. Look what you, look, look what, look where I am now. Lawson. whole different world this is the reason why I tell you a lot of you ladies go for the money the notoriety the fame and all that shit it's not all that it's not worth it after dating wealthy women one thing that I've realized They don't do this, that, and they don't do all that extra shit. Good, well-rounded people that mind their own damn business. And here's the other thing, too, about this situation. Because I see a lot of you ladies wind up in situations like this. I get emails on this very type of situation and they go and they, you know, thanking God and God is doing this and God is doing that. And then many times they don't work on themselves. Cause I'm going to tell you, if I was God, I'd be like, you motherfuckers need to go somewhere and sit down. Seriously. Because what happens 
once a woman has a certain lifestyle in mind, and she starts that imaginary thing that she has, fantasy of sorts, about this guy. Now, she'll give him a second chance. But also think about the guy she passed over. They may not have been so successful. wonder how many men she's passed over that didn't have any children. Or only had one. I know one thing for sure and I've been around some wealthy circles I never met one woman that had money that was with a man with a whole bunch of kids not one unless she was married to one not one because women are very discriminatory when it comes to men with children compared to them having children. With women, oh, you're going to accept this package. With men, it's like, oh no, you paying child support and you got a baby mom? Uh-uh, not interested. Because a lot of women want to know where every dollar is going. If they're going to be in a relationship, oh, where's the money going in this relationship? It better not be going out of that window for child support. It better not be going out of that window to take care of another woman. What this was, folks, was a transfer of wealth. Like, I don't call the woman stupid. Um, I'm not criticizing her as a person because we make mistakes as people. But this was something that she was not aware of. The main thing I will tell you, ladies, is if you have done the three steps I told you, and then you relocated to get away from that person, that person should never contact you again, and you should never be in touch with them again. Treat that person like you're in a witness protection program. You don't exist. Have I done that before with women? Yes, I have. Because there were some who were toxic, and I had to do that with no other option. Severed the communication. With the majority of my exes, amicable, amicable conditions when we broke up. To this very day. You can only work with what the person will allow you to work with from their end. And some people don't give you much to work with. For a relationship to function. You're trying and then it's like, well, damn. And you know, one of the worst things in the world is to be in a relationship where you got to try so hard to get the damn thing working. 
and you've been in past relationships where you didn't have to worry about those things. Where it's like you guys jailed, the chemistry was everything was going smoothly. Now, taking the X back, some of the criteria for that. One, the breakup, it has to be amicable, as I've always said. Number two, both of you have to have dignity and respect for each other and accept the changes that were made while the two of you were away. Respect the achievements a person has made while the two, two of you were away. And not to exploit them or try to go on obvious weaknesses that will set them back. You see, one thing that I've always stuck by as a man, when I dated a woman, I always tried to leave in a better situation than I found her. Emotionally, sometimes financially, but mainly emotionally. So in that way, As she looks back on that experience, she grew, she learned something, and she went forward in life. It's just the way it was. Because I tell you, the biggest thing that they don't teach you in school. people. That's something you have to learn. Some of you get it at home. Some people don't get it at all. But you also have to start with the first person you have to treat fairly and right as yourself. When you're talking about rehabilitating yourself, I tell you what, let's take a break. We'll cover it in a moment. Now, after you have distanced yourself from the person, you broke up with them, you severed the communications. You guys are not dealing with it. The next thing you have to do, you have to make sure that you've also cut the apron strings as well. Meaning that you're not getting updates or checking on them. In fact, you may come out better getting a whole new host of friends. All of your mutual friends would have to go. Because even if you had that little window and you said, oh, I don't want to hear about so-and-so and what he's doing. It's going to still pique your curiosity. To avoid that, you need to get a new set of friends. new set of people. And you have to go through this social cleansing every once in a while. Because what happens is... You'll start getting updates still. Especially if it's something traumatic. Person died. It could be something else. 
and then before you know it, you wind up involved. Now, what are some of the tactics that people will use to try to get you back, especially ladies? First one's going to be your family and your parents. Those are going to be the first people. Same thing for you fellas. The woman you broke up with, she's now tightening the bond with your mom. And your mom already knows. If she starts talking about the relationship, she's going to play dumb. Or what you're doing with your life now, she's going to play dumb. But here's the thing. If she's lingering around like that, old girl is waiting for a second shot. Now, in the process, she's not going to say anything derogatory about you to his mother. What she's hoping to have happen is for her, the mother, to tell her, the ex-girlfriend, negative things about you. Because what she's trying to do is get on a level playing field where mom will eventually purge to her about you. Yeah, he's with this girl. I don't like her ass. No way. I liked you better than her. Girl doesn't know how to cook. She doesn't know what she's doing. Blah, 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 blah. And of course, what is the ex-girlfriend going to do in that situation? She's going to remain modest. Oh, she's going to enjoy the compliments. She says, no, you got somebody better. No, child, you would have been a better uh, daughter-in-law than she is. Now, of course, this is going to not make him feel so comfortable because his ex has this relationship with the mom. And usually they have to keep it discreet, down low. And then at some point, that ex is hoping that mom will talk to him and see about coming back to her if he breaks up with the woman that he's with. Oh, ladies, guys do this shit too. And you know good and well, you never respect a guy that would pull some shit like this. But here's the thing. Ladies, you gotta control the narrative that you have in your head when it comes to a man. Don't get too far ahead of his reality. He's just gonna play along with your fantasy, whatever it is. Oh, we'll have a big house, we'll have big cars, we'll have all that. First, you gotta see fundamentally would that make the two of you happy. Money does not buy happiness, it buys comfort. One thing I learned. Well, you got money, you can be comfortable as hell. But it's up to the two of you to be happy. That's where the work comes in. A lot of people don't like doing that shit. You know... The other thing, too. When you're starting to work on yourselves and you break up, you should not 
be alone for a while. A lot of you ladies go and you're sitting off by yourself. You saw this, this young lady you heard, she was talking about doing some horrible things to herself. Why? She didn't want to be there no more. Why is that? He shouldn't be able to determine that, whether you live or die. Who the fuck is he? Why she's sitting there in the closet in the dark crying, he's probably fucking some other woman. Probably using some other woman for the same purpose. Now, here's the reason why I would tell you when it comes down to a guy with seven kids, wouldn't be a good choice, especially for a woman with money. You know the first thing women with money would link him with? Irresponsibility. Well, a man can't require that, require responsibility out of a woman if he's not that himself. And sometimes some guys demand it when they can't even provide it themselves. Just like some of you ladies want the man to have the job and the car and the house, and you don't have none of those things yourselves. The other thing here, when you start dealing with a guy that's got all of these grandiose plans, before you start dreaming with him, you need to sit him down and say, okay, how are we going to accomplish this? What are we going to do that's tangible that's going to lead to that? Sell me a dream. Sell me a plan. And with that plan, I want to see effort put towards it. You know, in IT, we used to have to do what is called feasibility studies to see whether or not it was cheaper to get some software from a company that we could customize for our own use or whether it was easier just to go on and build a new system, upgrade a current system, or just to start from scratch. We had to make those assessments. We had to look at costs. We had to look at downtime. We had to look at production. We had to look at all of that. Scheduling and training. Well, the same thing should hold true when... This guy's blowing smoke up your ass with a lot of dreams and things. But sometimes you don't ask the questions, you just go along with it because he's he's agreeing with you and he's believing everything you're saying and you're believing everything he's saying. You know that song Brandy by Looking Glass? Matter of fact, I sang that song on Star Maker. It has a lot of meaning to it. There was this lady that was very beautiful. And she was a bar hostess. She was a bartender. And she fell in love with this guy. He gave her a locket. Finest silver from the north of Spain. And with that, she thought that she had him as a man.
But what he would tell her is that he was in love with his job, the sea. He loved that more than he could love a woman. Ladies, there's some men out there that will love hustling and using women over ever loving you. And that's a reality you're going to have to face sometimes. And the sad thing about it, I've been turned down by women in the past and they would tell me that the dude is using them that they're going for. We went out last night to so-and-so and uh, I had to pay for dinner. I always have to pay. she's pursuing a change well he's going to change his behavior and say oh honey I'm going to pay for that don't worry about it it's not going to happen he's comfortable very comfortable now the other thing too some of you may need therapy especially if you've been in a long term relationship if you've been in a marriage And the reason being is not that you're crazy or anything like that. It's to get you back to where you are. You may need some help with that. Finding that woman you were before you met that person that you married or dated. You can have the knowledge, but you got to use that knowledge, the experiences. You got to convert that into wisdom. And then go back to your very core of where you were before you met that person. Not being naive, but being wiser, but yet resuming the innocence you had in that period. Where that relationship that you went through, even though it was traumatic or whatever, where that can be sectioned off as, you know what, that was an experience. I'm going to put it over here on this shelf but that's not me. Well, you're going to learn about yourself during these experiences. You're going to learn about your coping skills, what you can tolerate, what you can't tolerate, what you can accept. You're going to learn all those things. But see, many of you spend your time beating yourself up and blaming the guy. He's a symptom of the problem. The problem begins with you. Same thing with guys. They blaming the women all the time. The problem begins with them. They don't want to face it. Just like some of you ladies don't. See, it's easy to throw blame at anybody. As long as it sticks, you don't care. As long as it ain't you. Just like you're paying t- playing tag. Tag, you it. Another thing, when it comes down to redeeming yourself, you got to forgive yourself for the mistake you made and the choice in the person that you chose. You don't have to walk around with that being your scarlet letter for the rest of your life. But now what you need to do is take the lessons learned from it Use those to your advantage as wisdom. So now you know 
but you don't have to wear it as a badge of honor like you're a martyr. You don't want to take on the victimhood cloak, trust me. A man will smell that a mile away. I'm talking about the ones that will use you and abuse you. They're going to smell that a mile away. You know, when women would tell me things like, yeah, you know, my ex-boyfriend, he used me for money, and the boyfriend before that, he used me for this, he used me for that, and I'm, I'm just too generous, I'm just too nice. And I asked the question, who told you you were too nice? Well, I'm just saying, that's just what the way I see. I say, have those guys told you you were too nice? No, they just took advantage of me. And I say, well, what does that tell you? You're qualifying your victimhood by telling yourself, you're too nice. You're patting yourself on the back for the wrong thing. And she's like, well, what do you mean? That don't make any sense. I said, think about it for a moment. You're praising yourself for being a victim because you're too nice. It's called inverted praise. You got to show on the wrong foot with that. Instead, being that they are not going to tell you that you're too nice and you had to tell that to yourself, that tells you right there, you already recognize what the problem is. The problem is you give too much. But you don't tell them that. You tell yourself that. So as long as you tell yourself that, they think everything is fine. They're going to keep doing what they do. Now, the other thing, besides forgiving yourself, besides selecting a new group of friends where you won't be associated with that person, make it abundantly clear among your family members that you're not to talk about that person again. There are going to be some family members that are going to try to hang that shit around your neck because, you know, they had an, an alternative agenda, maybe sibling, civil rival, uh, sibling rivalry or something like that. If they can't respect that, maybe you should distance your communication from them too. Oh, yeah, I don't know why you married so-and-so. You shouldn't have married. And if they keep doing that dumb shit, keep them out of the loop. They don't need to know. Because what you're trying to do now is you're trying to repair yourself and you're trying to prepare yourself to go forward. Now, a few things that you may need to look at when it comes to that. If you run across another person and they have the same symptoms of what you had in the past, don't ignore it. Don't will, hope, or pray that it gets better. None of that shit's important. Call it for what it is. Quit playing with yourself. Quit lying to yourself. Tell yourself, you know what? This is the same shit I've been through before. 
you know what? Uh, I don't think we should have a relationship. I'll be your friend, though, but um, as far as relationship, I don't think that'll work between us. Let him know that up front. They don't have to know the reason. But you're not comfortable with it. I always told you, what does a woman has to have to be before she's in a relationship with a man? Before she's with him? She has to be comfortable. Women are one creature on this earth that has to be comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that, ladies. And here's the thing. As you work on yourselves, you may have to start in smaller steps many victories, so to speak, M-I-N-I victories, such as maybe take an art class, do karaoke, do something that you can get a quick burst of um, dopamine and enthusiasm from, from your own efforts. It could be anything, taking a class, whatever, and focus on that. You're not deflecting. What you're doing in this sense is you're building momentum. And then after that momentum kicks in, you're going at another pace than you were in the past relationship. Which is going to make you more measured. You'll look for more consistency in people. And also, your standards, you're not going to need to have this big-ass fortress around you like some of these women do after they get hurt. You have things balanced. And you'll be able to call things as they are, not talk around them, not placate, but just be more direct. And with age, as you get older, you're going to be more direct as an adult. When you get into your 50s and your 60s, you're going to be direct as hell. Because, see, you will have the life experience that will put you into that position where you're going to be that way. Now, a few other things that has to happen here. As you start to trek towards rebuilding yourself, You don't want to be isolated. You want to interact with these new friends. Build a constituency. Build a new world for yourself. As I told you before, you'll be shedding friends at different stages of your life. From high school, then college, then when you get your first job, second, third, fourth, fifth job, you're going to be making and shedding friends along the way. And there's only going to be a handful of friends you're going to be able to carry. Don't try to carry the backpack of everybody on your shoulders throughout your life. Your shoulders are going to wear out before you get to 45. There's just baggage that you can't afford to take on. And what I mean is there'll be people with baggage 
that's not your baggage that in order to associate with them or deal with them you got to take on their shit you don't have time for that as you start climbing Mount Everest you're going to have to start leaving some of the things behind that will weigh you down because if you don't you're going to be one of these people that are going to wind up saying I could have done this and that and this and that in life but it was so and so's fault it was because of this or because of that you'll have an excuse then you'll be mad at yourself because you really didn't put forth your best effort because you carried too much weight that wasn't even yours now let's look at another thing here with this You start socializing. You have more confidence in yourself. You have better friends around you that are more confident of you. New relationships, they're starting out new and now you can expose the things you'd like to share with them and control the things you don't want to share with them. You have that luxury as opposed to other friends you've had who knew you at a certain stage in life. Haven't you ever noticed when you've gone to a wedding, how you meet different people at the reception, and these people knew this person at different stages in life? Like they may have their high school buddy with them, and then they may have the friend that they met at college, then they had the friend that they met at their first job, the friend that they met at their second or third job, and each of them have only a vignette of this person's life. No one has the full movie. That's the way it should be. And as you advance in your lives, what you're going to do is you're going to start building momentum, start building your confidence, start hanging around more practical people. You don't want to be around negative people. Practical people are people that will tell the truth and they won't have to be brutally honest or nothing like that. But they're working towards your best interest. Because the way they look at it is, the better you are, the better they are. They benefit from being around you and you benefit from being around them. That carries a lot of weight. Now, as you go forward, you start accomplishing some of the milestones in life that you have made for yourself. After you have had time to assess where you would like to go and what you would like to do, and then get on that track of doing them. And here's the thing I would tell you. You know that list that you had back before you got into that relationship, or when you got into that relationship that may be obsolete? You may want to refresh that list There'll be some things that you probably won't be able to do because you're maybe too older now. There may be things that you couldn't do because you're not in the financial situation you wanted to be in. But that's okay. Still keep trekking forward. That's what's important. Because see, as long as you're going forward to do better for yourself, that's all that matters. It's not about the measure of going forward as far as, oh, I'm a millionaire or whatever. 
It's about you going forward where you can appreciate your own efforts. It's about you. That's when you start. You need to start focusing on step by step your feet climbing towards your goal. Because when you start doing that, everything in the periphery is irrelevant. You have your friends, you got everything going on. You're going up that track. And here's the cool thing about it. Let's say you make it. Let's say you got your goal where you wanted to be at 40, we'll say. You didn't get married, you didn't have any children, but you're at where you'd like to be. You're inhaling, the air is clean as you see it. And you can travel where you want to, do what you want to. And you realize that in many cases, the first time that you've had autonomy. But you're not one of these women that have to go and talk about how independent you are and how fierce you are and all that shit. You don't have to do it because you've exemplified it to yourself. See, the women that have to say it are the ones that want it but haven't gotten there yet. The women who have gotten there, they don't need to say it. It's like an alpha male. Alpha males, they don't say they're alpha males. Other people recognize and acknowledge them as such. Self-recognition, when it's verbalized to other people, means absolutely nothing. So, you have that going on, that dynamic. Now, the other thing, with this level of autonomy, you have to govern it in the sense that once you have now got your self-esteem going, you're not narcissistic. You're not one of these people that are going out there cutting other people down. But you're at a point and a place of peace in your life now where you can make wiser, informed decisions. Now, as you age, what you'll start to do is investigate things a little bit more and not just take things on the surface. And then you'll realize also, guess what, ladies? You're not going to have to have your hair done and nail done all the time and still attract a good man. Because you will have an idea of what you're looking for. You have a focus, and you're going to bypass all the flashy shit and look at the content. You know, I remember one time there was this popular book that was being sold at a place called Walden Books. I don't think they're around anymore. And nice cover. I mean, I really like the cover of this book. And what it was about, it was about this man that went to sleep one night and he had a dream. The only problem was when he woke up, he was still in that dream. And his job was to get out of this maze. So he gets to this door. When he would open this door, this door got him back to his regular life. And it all began when he got drunk one night. And it was, I think it was the midweek, like Wednesday. And he didn't find a door in that maze until a week later. And his answer machine was full of messages 
And when he showed up to work, everybody had thought that he had fallen off the face of the earth because he wasn't answering his phone. He wasn't answering the door. They had sent employees over to see whether or not he was home. None of the people said they saw him. His car was outside, but they didn't go so far as to do a uh, welfare check or anything. And he went through a lot of stuff in that maze that he had to go through. He met a whole bunch of people and they were trying to take him in different ways in life. And what it reminded me of was us living our lives and being exposed to all these different influences. We have to navigate around them. I know sometimes it gets tough for you ladies because you have a lot of choices and men to make as to who you would really go out with, who you really date, etc., etc. But your criteria is the key. And it's not just money. And you got to not look at that solely. Now, a lot of you do. You got to start looking at what you're getting as far as a man. Now, what do you think about it for a moment? She said uh, in that uh, audio clip that he abused the new woman he was with. Well, what would that mean? He probably would have done the same thing to her if he had not done it already. And that's why she left. I know some Christians say, well, you should turn the other cheek. That's why I tell my girlfriend. Never mind. Look. <laughs> no, not, not, not in the biblical sense. I'm talking about the physical sense. But here's what I'm saying. When it comes down to you going out, selecting a new partner, especially after you've gone through a traumatic or bad relationship, and you've worked on yourself, but now you're ready. And some people try to put a time frame to it. It depends on the individual. I've heard scenarios such as one year therapy for every five years in the relationship, that kind of thing. So if you were married 20 years, you should have four years of therapy before you get back in a relationship. I don't think it takes that long. It depends on what you're exposed to and how life-altering it is for you. It depends. But the one thing that you don't want to do is to be a broken woman out there looking for a relationship. You don't want to be a wounded warrior walking out there looking for a relationship. You're fresh meat. And these guys will eat you up and shit you out like you're nothing. You don't have to be a hard ass. But you have to work on yourself where you're confident. When you say no, you mean no. There's no exceptions. There's no extra... Another thing too that you may want to 
look at as you're recovering and recouping. The questions that you might need to ask yourself. What were the characteristics that attracted me to a person like that? And write them down. Why did I trust that person? Most people can't even answer that question. They'll say something like, I loved him. I thought I could trust him. He was nice. No. Why did you trust him? Explain some elements of his character that you trusted. That would allow you to be with him. What you're doing is you're laying the framework of the things that you need to be cognizant of next time you go into a relationship you want to make sure that those things that got you with that last guy won't get you with the next one with the same characteristics when did you start noticing the difference in a person most people can pinpoint that with accuracy ladies let me tell you something if he gets to a point where you're going to leave, if he lifts a hand at you, if he's cussed you out, that's enough to leave. If he's disrespected you, that's enough to leave. See, the problem with us men is that when we meet women 45 and up usually, they're pretty fucked up emotionally. Because they gave their best efforts to the worst guy. So by the time they get to us and go on Bumble or whatever, they're all fucked up. Emotionally, they're fucked up. Oh, there's some man-haters. I ran across one the other day at the store. I let the lady go in front of me. Just because I'm a woman, you're just gonna let me, I'll just stand in line behind you. You don't, have, you, you don't have to give me any special treatment. And I'm like, okay, well, I was just being cordial. And she's on the phone with her girlfriend. They're talking about some boyfriend that they were berating. And I'm saying to myself, you wonder why you're going to be by yourself for the rest of your life with a cat or a dog that can tolerate your ass. That's about it. It doesn't take much, ladies, but the majority of women, they get it. They get it. But see, here's the thing you also have to understand. When you're at a point where you can feel comfortable with the choice you made in your partner in a way that you've weighed some of the things of the past going forward. I'm talking about when it comes down to using your wisdom. When it comes down to looking at some of the fundamental things when it comes down to the criteria. Remember the four question categories? Who are you? What's your purpose? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your intentions? 
You need to address those four categories before you go towards any man for a relationship. Now, true enough, he can lie to you just like he can lie to you about anything else. But there are certain things you got to check first. How's my self-esteem going in? How do I feel about myself? Ladies, the only person that can make you feel bad about yourself is you. And the way you do that is by agreeing with someone that thinks that you're subpar. But you shouldn't turn against yourself in that process. That's their opinion. That's not your feelings. They're not entitled to your feelings. Only you're entitled to that. They're entitled to their opinion, and that's it. Now, I hope that young lady in that uh, excerpt, I hope she does find a decent guy. But she still has some work to do on herself. I can even tell it in that video. Because see, what happens when you're at peace with yourself, you're not using these inspirational quotes and all that bullshit. Because you become your own affirmation. You don't need something to motivate you to love yourself. You need to love yourself organically. See, the problem a lot of people have in life is that as you grow, people try to take things away from you. Like your self-esteem, your dignity, and all that. Now, why do they try to do that? A lot of times because they're jealous. Because they don't have some of the things you have. You know, I'll give you a case in point. I sang the song California Soul and Anywhere from Star Maker the other night. Who were the people that were my critics? Only two. And they both were men. All the women loved it. The other guy loved it. And then when I listen to the other two guys' recordings, they sound like shit. They didn't put any effort in it. And that's what you'll run across in life. People that don't put effort in things are going to be the people that try to take things away from you. You can't allow that to happen. It's not your job to make them feel better by tearing you down. I'm not saying this is a motivational speech or nothing like this. I'm just here to make you think about these things because the motto of this show, think before you love. You're letting your mind do most of the work for you in the beginning stages of the relationship instead of your heart. Because see, your heart can engage. It's just like I told you, when a man has sex with you, what does he have to do first? I mean, not sex, but a relationship with you. It's the first stimulate your mind. Then, emotional chemistry, right? Your heart. And then intimacy to exemplify the love that you have between each other. Those three stages. And those three stages don't come easy. It's a gradual process. So, starting with your mind, ladies... You're going to make sure you made the right choice 
in the guy in the beginning. Hold him accountable to the things he said. Another thing I would tell you ladies is this. If a man comes into a relationship with you and he's making promises in the beginning, that's a red flag in itself. Don't buy the promises. Let him qualify himself first and then you'll accept his promises. This is how a lot of men get women. Pimps used to do it all the time with women. Easiest way to get a woman is to promise her something, set her expectations, and she's waiting for it. And he builds her up and drags her all through this shit, all these rituals you'd have to do before you get there. And then she realized it was empty. Promise was empty. A lot of guys do that. So you have to watch for that. So, let's look at it. You're out of a relationship, first thing you need to do, you want to find out what attracted you to that person. Why did you trust them? Very important. Your reason for leaving. And the change that occurred in the relationship. Now, you're not going to rehash this old thing. You're not looking at all of the other shit that took place, but you're looking at those four questions. And the reason why you're looking at those four questions is because you want to be able to answer them so it can counter going forward what you'll be looking for. You're going to take those past experiences from your past relationships. You're going to extract the lessons out of them and convert that to wisdom. The rest of the shit, put on the shelf. You don't want to relive relive those emotional experiences. When you've left this person, you've severed all communications with them completely. That includes compromising mutual friends too. Yes. Excluding family members if they get in the way. Because what it's about now is about you healing and going forward. You will never unlive those experiences you have with that person, true enough. And we'll probably never forget them, true enough. Your life does not have to be a turnstile on just that one event. You want to meet new friends. You want to start new endeavors. You want to really sit down and assess and ask this question of yourself. You can write it down on a piece of paper. What is important to me now? And write the first thing that comes out of your head. Because more than likely, that's what it is. So, the things you want to check before you start going out there again. Your self-esteem. Get into the habit of validating yourself, not having other people validate you. Next thing, get comfortable with the word comfort. Here's what I mean by that. A lot of you ladies get into relationships 
and you're not comfortable in the relationship because you don't feel as though you settled in yet. There's still some things that need to be like sorted out before I can get comfortable. And what you got to look at is the magnitude. Is it a lot of shit you got to sort out before you can get comfortable in that relationship? That might not be the relationship for you. Even though you may like that guy, he may not be the right thing for you. The other thing a lot of you ladies have a problem with, if you can't help yourself, you damn sure can't help nobody else. down to buying cars for people stuff like that uh-uh, don't, you gotta do that shit it's not your job now a couple other things here if you want to enjoy being you being yourself which means you probably had to take on a persona of sorts in order to associate with your partner. You're trying to get back to the person you were before you met them, without the naivete, but with the wisdom. All the anger and all that stuff, sort through that through a counselor or some other um, therapist. Get that out of your system. Nobody deserves to deal with your anger if they never met you before and they're meeting you and you're still angry over your past relationship. That's on you. Because that right there will keep you single. That'll keep you with men that are just going to screw you and leave you. All these angry women walking around like the lady in the store the other day angry with men we don't have any empathy for those women because they have more choices than we do as men when it comes to the ratio I have a friend of mine she's married and her husband cracks me up all the time he says man he says you have no idea how many guys proposed to my wife today and it would be on a regular basis with her She's a very good-looking woman. Nice per- personality, so sweet. It's not fun. She's the kind of woman a man could actually fall in love with just in a regular conversation because her interpersonal skills are stellar. And he cracks me up with that because he said, man, you know, she had five guys that did it, asked her out. It goes on and on. But see, here's the thing. Prior to marrying him, she went through a real bad relationship prior to marrying him. And the guy that she was with at the time, he was the kind of guy that said he's going to pick her up after work and shows up at 8 o'clock at night when she got off at 5. Always had an excuse. Everybody else was a priority over her. She finally got tired of it. But what she felt bad about was making excuses for him. 
to save face with family and friends. And she met her husband. And what she did, she tried to apply preemptive treatment or the way that she would have treated her ex the way she started with her husband. Her husband said, well, hold on, we ain't doing that shit. We're going to be in this relationship. We're going to see a therapist. So you can work through your anger issues because I don't have to accept this. And that was the best thing he could have done with her. Now, here's the other thing too. After you have worked on yourself and accomplished some of the things to get you into a place where you're at peace, you gotta be like a former alcoholic or a habitual gambler. You gotta be that person it's got to be vigilant to make sure you don't fall right back off the wagon so that you don't wind up with another man like you just left you're going forward now you can't afford to go back Now, there'll be setbacks in life, layoffs, firings, those kind of things. It comes with the territory. But that doesn't necessarily mean it has to affect you on a personal basis about your self-perception. See, that's the key. That's the difference. As long as you can keep your personal dignity, your self-respect intact, you'll be fine. It's when you start to question it, when you start to lose it, when you start to doubt it, it's when there's going to be a problem for you. Now, also at this point, you have a better insight of where you're going forward because you looked in your past, you took, you extracted the things you needed, the tools you needed from the past to help you go forward. You're not carrying the whole bag of all that shit. You're only carrying the essential tools you need to go forward. And with friends, family, experiences, the things, the wisdom that you're taking from those past situations. That's all you need. You don't need to take on all the drama and all the, the stress and all. Mm-mm. Now, another thing too, speaking of stress if you are 40 it's time to start distressing your lives you're going to be getting older stress is going to play a bigger role in your health and therefore you got to have a plan for yourself for your own mental illness mental uh, well-being and your own physical well-being. You know, in California, there's a lot of people when I was there 
stressed out all the time because they were afraid they were going to lose their car or their nice home in the Hollywood Hills or wherever. Constantly stressing. Constantly stressing. And I had a few friends that decided to downsize their lives. That's the first thing they noticed. The stress, the stress had come down immensely. Because the stress was to try to keep up with the Joneses. And they kind of liked the fact that they could live their lives and didn't have to worry so much about what somebody else is doing. Status and that kind of crap. You will find it. But these are some things that I just wanted to discuss with you that could probably help you along the way in the rehabilitation process to get back out there where you can start dating again. So you know some of the things that you'll have to work on yourselves. And some of the things you can extract from past relationships and a lot of things that you can leave back there. So when you go forward, you don't have that heavy burden on your shoulders. And you could actually enjoy your life. You don't have to worry about reinventing yourself anymore. The only thing you're doing is changing some things for the better for you. I love you guys and take care. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.